Today I will start reading Romans 8 verse 22 to 23 and then I will read Matthew 11 verse 25 to 30. We know that the whole creation has been growing as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. Matthew 11, verse 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Morning, church. Um, my name is Jeremiah, and by God's grace, I'll be bringing the message this morning. And I'll be speaking on mental health. And um, interestingly, I'm not a mental expert, mental health expert, but I've been given the privilege to speak on this topic this morning. And I want to thank the leadership of the church for this privilege. For some, of the, for some of you, you are familiar with my accent. And for those who are not, please just bear with me this morning. I've tried to put everything I want to see on the slide. So you can just tag along. And I will try as much as I can to speak slowly. <laughs> so I think that's very important. So I'll try as much as I can to do that. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Thank you. So uh, let's start with prayer. Dear God, we want to say thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for bringing us to your presence this morning, even to learn from you, to know what you have for us. Thank you for the beginning of this year, even to now. It has been a very challenging year, but we know you are with us in everything. Thank you for your good and your mercy endures forever. Dear God, we come before you this morning. We ask that you will help us. We pray that your word will come to us with clarity, with simplicity. We pray that we understand your plans and purpose for our life. Dear God, please speak to us by yourself. We thank you for this and for many more that you will do. For we have asked and we have received this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, as I said, I'll be speaking on mental health for this week and next week. And... I'll be picking my topic on, I'll be speaking on the topic, rest. God's provision for our mental health. What's God's provision for us, for every individual that are struggling with mental health challenges? 
And from the Bible passage we read, we've been able to pick something. The whole creation groans. You know, if we are to ask every person in this church, you will know someone or someone in your family that is struggling with mental health challenges. It's a very big issue. Mental health, mental health illness is a big issue that cuts across borders, ethnicity, age, gender, and culture. It's a borderless topic. It cuts across everywhere. I've had my own share of it. My elder brother struggled with mental health. It was a very big thing for our family then. It's a very big topic. It's a very big issue. It cuts across everywhere. There is no country on this planet Earth that you will go to that you won't find people talking about this topic there. It has caused so much pain, damage, devastation to lives, families, and nations. So many families have suffered from this from these challenges. It's a big thing. It has caused so much pain. You know, I'm privileged to work in school, and anytime I talk to students, it breaks my heart to see their struggle, their pain, and not just for them, their parents as well. Now, for people living with mental illness and their family, it's a different story. Distress. The micromanaging for the parent. You know, even when they are okay, when they are in the right mood, when they are in the right state of mind, the parent will still be asking them, are you sure you are okay? Are you sure you don't need anything? You try to micromanage them. Even when they are okay and they assure you, I'm fine. Nothing is wrong with me at this moment. You still want to be sure. The fear attached to it for those who are mental health, uh, mental, uh, who have someone in their family struggling with mental health problem. The stress, the pain, especially if it's a severe one. The uncertainty. You are not sure of what's going to happen next. It makes you nervous all the time. It puts you on the edge. And this is not just for the people themselves, but for their family as well. And this breaks my heart. Sometimes we wish. We, how, how, why can't I be like this person? Why can't I be like, why can't, why can't I have a good health like every other person? I remember a student came to me and said, I just want to be okay. I just want to be, to be able to play with my friends. I just want to be like every normal child. And she was saying it with a very broken heart. I just want to be like, I just want to be normal like every other person. She was comparing herself to her friends. And that's what people who are suffering from this severe, terrible thing pray about all the time. They compare themselves. They wish the helplessness. They feel helpless. That there's nothing I can do about it. It's just who I am. It's just there. And for the government, the government is throwing everything they have at it. Millions of dollars have been spent every year on research, on support. Not just for those people, but for their families as well. Just to make sure, to make life much more easier for them. Government is spending millions and millions every year. Uh, even there is a department of, uh, there is a minister for mental health issues. 
to show you how big the magnitude of this topic. Now, for people facing mental health challenges, it's an everyday reality. They can't say, okay, for the next two weeks, I'm going to just, um, my mental health will not come to, uh, come to play. I will just forget about it. It's an everyday reality. It's something that happens every day. They have to take their pills. They have to do this. They have to do that. They have, it's just what they live with every day. It is a fact. It is not a myth. It is not something, something someone tells them. It's a fact. It is what they can see. It is what they feel. It is a reality. It's a fact for them. It is science. The function of the brain. And that's what the expert says. I'm not an expert. They will tell you it's because there's a certain part of the brain that is not functioning as it should or blah, 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 blah. Am I speaking too fast? No. Okay. I, I, I will have to check in sometime to be sure. It is science. It is the function of the brain. And that's, that's a fact. God has helped um, psychiatrists, psychologists, and every one of them to be able to understand some part of it. It is a fact. It is science. It is common sense. Take your medication. Do what your therapist or your psychologist or your doctor tells you to do. It is common sense. Just do this and you'll be okay. Do this and this is what will happen next. We are almost tempted to believe this has nothing to do with the Bible. We are almost, almost tempted to say, when we talk about mental health, just leave Bible aside, let's face reality. We are almost tempted to believe that. We are almost tempted to believe God does not make provision for that. The Bible says in the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 8, that those who worship false gods turn their back on all God's mercies. There is a package God has made available for us. God's great offer. This is um, Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have eaten these things from the wise and learned, and revealed them to little children, Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. You know, here Jesus is saying that this provision you have made for us, this provision for those who are affected by mental health challenges, it has not been revealed to the wise and the learned. You know, it is something that has been eaten. And when I was looking at this Bible passage, the Holy Spirit was telling me that, you know, when we say so wise and learned, where is it? Okay, the wise and the learned. What's the opposite of being wise? Foolish. And what is the opposite of being learned? Unlearned, the uneducated. So if God did not reveal it to the wise and to the learned, who are the opposite people that God should reveal it to? The fools and the unlearned. But no, God did not do that. He revealed it to what? To children. You know, when you want to present to educated people, let's assume you are going for a conference and you know those who are there are professors, 
and doctors and everything. You will rehearse, you will practice over and over again because you know they will ask questions. They will want to scrutinize. They will want to analyze. They will say, no, that one is not a fact. God knows those people, when he tries to present them the simple thing that can help, they will be criticizing. They will be saying, no, 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 no. That's not reality. That's a myth. So God revealed them to children. You know, one beautiful thing about children is that they believe everything. Especially those of us that have little children. You just tell them, this is this. You will hear them telling their friend, my dad said this. And that's what they believe. Even if you try to convince them, they will tell you, no, 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 no. This is what my daddy say. I wish we can believe God like that. And take every word. Everything we read in the Bible, we hold on to it tenaciously and say, no. This is what God say. For adults, for learned and educated people, they want to analyze everything. That's not science. That's not theology. That's not this. God has said, I won't reveal anything to them. Let them just be wallowing in their wisdom. But for children, who will believe me? Children won't have to ask me questions. You know, one of the things, you know, for parents, when you see your children start questioning you, you know they are becoming an adult. But when they are still children, just tell them anything, they will believe it. So God said, this thing, I've not revealed it to the wise and to the learned. I've revealed it to children. People will not have been asking me, how can that be? It can't be true. God revealed this secret to little children. And we are the children of God. We are the people of God. And what is that thing that God has eaten? He says, oh, God's provision for our help. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, it seems, it looks like a very simple passage. And that's one thing I said that God said, for the wise and the learned, they will say, it's too simple, it can't be true. It's too basic, it's too elementary. This can't be it. It has to be something else. You know, I, I, I should talk about this story here. The story of Naaman in the book of Second Kings. When he went to prophet Elisha, and Elisha told him, just go to this river and have a bath. Just dip yourself into the water seven times and come out. He said, no, 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 no. That's, I just thought he's going to come out and wave his hand and do like this and do some gymnastics or acrobatic display and this and my disease will be gone. Will be gone. That was what he was expecting. But just simple thing. Just go, dip yourself into the water seven times, and you will be fine. But for learned people, it's difficult. So when the Bible says here, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is God's provision for us. Come to me. A very simple thing. Very simple instruction. Just come. It sounds simple and basic. What's the difference between come and go? I think I should ask the church. When I say come, what does it mean? 
you're moving towards me. When I say go, what does it mean? Move away. Go means you can go anywhere. You can go this way. But when I say come, I give you a specific direction. To who? Me. If God has asked us to go, it would have been a problem. You know, we would have said, where should I go again? Like that woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, she was going everywhere. The Bible says she spent all the money she has visiting doctors, visiting this, visiting that. For 12 years, she was just going about. So if God has asked us, go, it would have been a problem. But he said, come. It sounds simple and basic. He asked us to come because he is there. When he asked us to come, it's because he's already waiting. He said, come. Simple. Just come. He's saying, have you tried everything and it's not working? Have you spent all you have and it's not working? He said, come to me. That woman has gone everywhere. But she said, there is only one place I've not been to. To Jesus. I need to go to him. Have you also tried everything and it seems these things are not working? Jesus is saying, come. And also, you can come on behalf of someone, which makes it much more easier for us. We have seen people who come to Jesus on behalf of someone in the Bible. Like that centurion, he came and said, my servant is dying. Please, master, I need you. He came on behalf of his servant. You can also bring someone who is incapacitated. Oh, this person can't come by himself. It is difficult for, the, for, for the, this mental health problem. is so big that this person can't even come to Jesus. Well, there was a story in the Bible. In the book of Luke chapter 5. Those, that man was paralyzed. But his friend said, if we can just go to Jesus, if we can just get to this man to Jesus, he will be healed. So they carried him. When they even got there, there was no room to get to Jesus. So they removed the roof of the house and lowered the man down into the presence of God. And Jesus said, wow, your faith has made you whole. So you can come on behalf of someone. You can bring someone who is incapacitated. I'm not saying literally carry them. I'm saying you can bring them to God in prayers. I'm going to come back to the story of Mary and Martha later on. But let's move on because my time is going. Now, another specificness to God's instruction. Who did he ask us to come to? To me. He was specific. He didn't just say, come. He said, come to me. Someone will say, well, I go to church. I've been doing this. Jesus said, to me. I know when he was saying this thing, Peter was there. Um, other apostles were there. He didn't say, come to them or come to us. He said, to me. Come to me. Not to the building. Not to the apostles. Not to the pastors. Come to me. 
for you who are weary and burdened. Now, this brings some dynamics to this topic. This invitation is for those who are tired. Who are feeling, I think I've suffered enough under this problem. If you are weary, if you are burdened, if you feel this thing is overwhelming, I am tired, I need help. So for those who still feel, well, it's not big, I can still manage it, it's not that bad, well, maybe you can still hold on to. But for Jesus, he's saying, for those who are weary, for those who are burdened, for those who are tired, he said, come to me. Now, because English is not my first language, I had to go and check the dictionary meaning of weary. And these are what I find. Weary means being tired. Burdened. Exhausted. Wear out. Stressed. So if you, are, if you find yourself in any of these positions, those who are tired, are you a family member? You are tired? Are you individual suffering from mental illness? You are tired? He said, come. And for burdened, he said, those who are oppressed, those who are troubled, those who are depressed, those who are grieved, those who are traumatized, those who are tormented, he said, come. There is a specification. So if you find anyone under this category, Jesus is saying, come to me. And I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. The unlimited, the unrestricted capacity of God to make things to happen. You know, when he said, I, he said that I, it's so big. He's saying that I, in his own capacity, as the creator of heaven and earth, he's saying that I, in the capacity of God, that I made everything. He said, I who created you. I who you have read about in the Bible. We have read so many things in the Bible. He said, that same God yesterday, today, and forever. I. There is a spe- he's, he's saying it within his own unlimited, unrestricted capacity. I. I will give you rest. Because rest is with me. I have the ability to give rest. I'm not restricted by guidelines. You know, when you go to your psychologist, therapist, or doctor, they still have protocols they need to follow. Sometimes they will tell you, well, your case is so big, so this is what is going to happen. I will do my own part, then I will, give, I will send you to a therapist or to a doctor who will do their own part too. Then you begin to go from one place to the other. Thank God for those Amazing people. They are doing beautifully well. But God is saying, Jesus is saying, I, I, the creator of heaven and earth, I will give you rest. He's saying it with all authority because he's not restricted by guidelines, ethics, or human laws. He alone has the power to give rest. So when he said, I will give you rest, he's saying it because he means it. He's ready to give rest. What does it mean to come? I think I need to start rounding up now. He's saying, come as you are. 
Just come. Are you burdened? Are you wearied? Don't pretend as if everything is fine. Just come with those bag and baggages. Just come to him. Just come to him with everything. Just come as you are. You know, one beautiful thing about our God is this. In the book of, I think it was John chapter 1, when Nathaniel was coming, Nathaniel asked him, how did you know? Jesus said, while you were still under the tree, I have seen you. I know you before then. So, Nathaniel came as someone, as, as he is. As a true Israelite. Jesus said, this is a true Israelite. He came as he is. Don't pretend to him. Just come. Just come and tell him, God, I've suffered enough. I'm stressed out. I'm burned out. Just come as you are. Come with humility. Proud people will not receive anything from God. The Bible says God opposes the proud. Just imagine God standing in opposition to someone. Just come with humility. It says again, come to him in prayers. Just come. You know, one good thing about prayer is that most of the time, we can just pray anywhere and just kneel down in your room and cry to him that God help me. I'm tired of this thing. I need rest. I want to rest. I need a break from this thing. You can pray anywhere. Just come to him in prayers. Come with the heart of faith. The Bible says he is able to do exceedingly far abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine. Just come with the heart of faith. Now, that's why I said I'm going to go back to the story of Mary and Martha. I know some people will say, I go to church every time. I pray about this every time. Even this woman with the issue of blood. You know, in that story, there were so many people there. They all came, but they didn't come. If I may say it that way. They were even pressing Jesus. When Jesus told Peter that someone touched me, Peter was like, really? You say people pressing hard on you, and you were saying someone touched me. Jesus said, I knew someone touched me. So while they were all there, there was a woman who came with an expectation. There was a woman there. That woman came that today I'm seizing, I'm taking a break from all my problems. She came with an expectation. She came there to be healed. Every other person were there. They can be there for whatever they want. But she was there on a purpose. She was there on a mission. And the mission is that I need a break. I'm tired. So when you are coming to, come with that determination that enough is enough. I need a break. I'm tired, God. So while other people can be there pressing out on Jesus without expectation, she pressed out because she needed something and she got it. Come with an expectation. Seek him diligently. And with sincerely, with sincerity, seek him and tell him, God, I just want you to help me. You said you will give me rest. I need rest now. Now, the offer is still open. The offer to come to him is still open. It is never closed. 
is still open every time. The Bible says, as many, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. If anyone say, I'm coming, I won't tell them, hey, hey, go back, not, the, not you. He said, I will not do that. I will just say, welcome. And as many that comes, they will find rest. As many that come, I will give them rest. By God's grace, next week, we'll be looking at what does rest means. Because in that Bible passage, Mike, please, can you bring up the Bible passage, please? Um, Matthew chapter 11, um, verse 29 now. Matthew eleven twenty-nine. Next week we'll be going. He said here. Yeah, twenty-nine. This is twenty-five. Twenty-nine, please. Yeah, he said, and I will give you rest. There is the rest he talked about here. And he said again here, and you will find rest for your souls. So next week, by God's grace, we'll be looking at. This rest that you promised to give, and what does it mean to find rest for your souls? Today, the offer is still open. The offer of rest, the offer to give you a break, is still open and is ready to give to you. Let's pray together. Our Father, we want to thank you for you will never lie. When you say you will do something, you will do it. You said, as many that comes to you, whoever comes to you, you will never drive away. Lord, we come before you today. As many people who are tired, who just want a rest, who just want a break. Lord, as they come before you, Lord, we pray you will give them rest. Rest from every affliction, rest from every stress, from every tiredness. We pray that they will find rest in you. Dear God, we ask for people who are timid, who are saying, are you sure he's going to do it? Are you sure it's really going to give me rest? Lord, we ask for that boldness for them. We pray that you will give them boldness. The courage to go, to come to you and say, now I have come. Lord, we ask that you will help every individual say, pray for every family struggling with mental health challenges. Dear God, we ask for boldness for them to come, for the grace to come and come to you and bring everything down at your feet and say, Lord, I am here now. I have come. Give us rest. Lord, I pray you will help every individual in church today. Every one of us will find rest in you. You will give us rest from every weariness, from every burden. We thank you for you are a faithful and a caring God. We thank you for you always hear us when we call you. For we have asked and we have received this in Jesus' name. Amen.